Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. If you would turn into your Bibles to the very familiar passage, the book of John, the first chapter, and the first 18 verses, you would find these words so recorded. Now, I know that you are very familiar with them, and so therefore you may not pay attention to what is really being said. But if you had been where I have been the past two or three weeks, they would take on different meaning to you. And so, listen. And this is what the writer has to say. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the only Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. Lord, help us to understand this morning what we have just read. Some time ago, Debbie Boone made a hit record, and the name of that record or song or whatever you want to call it, You Light Up My Life, and I don't know another line of that song, (laughs) and perhaps it's just as well as you forget it too. But that has something to say about what I want you to think with me about this morning, and you can keep in mind that fifth verse, first chapter John, where he is saying that the light shines in the darkness, the light that shines in the darkness. Now, I have a feeling this morning, and I put emphasis on feeling, and with a little knowledge of the fact that I have traveled a long way since the last time that you and I were together. When I was waking up from the operation, I heard someone saying to me that, uh, you OD'd, you OD'd. And I figured that out, that meant that I owed the doctor. <laughs> I, 
I couldn't figure out why he was pressing his charge so quickly that uh, he wanted me to know that I owed him something. And after some time, I finally was told the truth of the situation that uh, they just, just nearly did me in. I thought I was everything was fine in the way that it ought to be, and, and it really was, and the nurses and the doctors did everything that they should be. But that one doctor I kind of worry about, wonder about now, the one that gave me the anesthetic was two of them. And one of them was my friend that I had been fishing in Canada with. And if you ever take anesthesiologist to Canada to fish with you, well, don't catch bigger fish than he does, because when he gets you in a situation like he got me, he'll do you in. <laughs> so if you catch a big fish, and it's larger than his, you turn it loose, you see. Now, the truth of it is, this is not a sermon. It's more of a testimony to you this morning of something that we... Well, it says far more than I can really tell you what it's saying. But I want to show you what a slim thread uh, that uh, these lives of ours hang by and whose hand our life is really in. Now, when they gave me the shot to supposed to calm you down before you go to be operated on, well, that shot uh, reacted on me. And the last thing I remember telling the nurse that I said, I am sick. And I did what uh, Jay Hasty said he was going to do. He was going to vomit. They didn't do something quick, you know. And last thing I remember the doctor saying, give this to him and give it to him quick. Now, after that happened, the news comes out, and the doctors explain it this way, that I had a bad heart, and it had gone through all of the, escaped all of the detection that, uh, that they could give to me, uh, those mechanical things that they tie you to to monitor your heart and the doctor came out and told Edna in the waiting room that my heart was was in bad shape and I had to be in intensive care for a while for it to be monitored and that uh, from now on I'd probably be under a doctor's care. Now the reason he made that report to her, which nearly scared to death, told me and I'd have known what was going on, scared me too. Well anyway, the thing that really happened was that my heart stopped and that uh, my blood pressure went down to zero. And one of the young ladies that has visited our church that is a nurse in open heart surgery, she happened to be there close to the surgical procedure, and she was looking through the window, and she said, well, I thought you were dead because you turned a beautiful blue. <laughs> um, and she thought it was dead. And every time they gave me something to start my heart up again, the thing raced off on them a little bit. So, but to make a long story short, it comes back to the place that uh, they got it all straightened out. And they called a heart specialist in, and he looked the situation over, and he said, there's not a thing wrong with his heart at all. Nothing wrong with it. He said, he just uh, OD'd. I found out later that means they overdosed me on something. Well, they checked the overdose, and it was not so. They gave me the right amount that they should have given me to do the job with. Now, that's the way the doctors would explain what happened to me, that they gave me an overdose of medicine and that it just stopped my heart in its tracks and they had to do all these things to get it started again. There's another explanation for the very same thing. And I don't mean to take anything away from these learned men and women who are so capable to do such a beautiful job. But I want to say and that those of us who believe that there is a light that shines in the darkness, 
Now that there's another side to this story. And the other part of this story is simply this. That somewhere in the infinite wisdom of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he said, not yet. It seems as if he changed his mind in the midst of the situation. Now the question that I would put to you is this, and you don't have to hold up your hand to tell me. But you see, how many of you were praying for me? Now here's where it comes down to. Now dear friends, let me say to you, uh, the doctors have their side to the situation, but from where I stand as being one committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that I am here simply because through your prayers and the prayers of those who were concerned that they prevailed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's just as simple as that. So now that's what's been going on since I've been gone from you. In that situation, I have learned two or three things. I learned two things and I discovered an old truth and I would like to share that with you. But let me say this to you, dear ones, I, I want to thank you for every prayer that you prayed for me. And I want to thank you for all those beautiful cards and your telephone calls and your gifts and those beautiful baskets of fruit. It was so meaningful to me. I am indebted to you and I thank you for it. I learned two things. You know, I ought to learn something from that experience and I want to share it with you. Well, I learned something from a young man. I was in a room with the two beds and the young man that was in the room with me was uh, operated on for, was to be operated on for knee surgery, which is a very painful surgery. And he was a very unusual young man. And I tell you, he was a very popular young man. He was talking to people up until one o'clock in the morning. You know, he would sleep and then he'd eat and wake up and start talking. And I mean to tell you, people would call him from everywhere. I don't know. Anyway, and he taught me something. A doctor came in after surgery. Well, when he heard what happened to me, he said, I'm not going to go to surgery. He said, they're going to get me down there. <laughs> but they probably persuaded him. He went on down, was operated on, brought him back, and everything went beautifully. And the doctor came in on a Friday and told him, he says, well, now it was late, I guess about 4 o'clock. He says, well, he says, so you can go home. And he audited himself. He says, no, I don't think I'll go home until Monday. And by golly, he didn't go home until Monday. But the thing I thought to myself, now, I would like to be like that. Why not? In a situation where that you're incapacitated, uh, why not to make the most of the situation and just take it easy? He was cool, you know. He, he, he was cool. He was cool. And I, well, he was a smart young man, too. He was very smart. He said after he talked to me a while, and it didn't take him long to figure this out, he says, I know that if every preacher was like you, that every church would be filled. <laughs> he was a smart young man he promised to come out here and I want to introduce you to him when he comes you, you're going to want to see this young man well anyway I learned that I, I wish I could be more like that you know to be still and know that God is God you know I, I want to be that way why all this running and going and, and coming and doing be at ease my soul be at ease my soul and then there was, the nurse said uh, to me when she was taking my blood pressure, she said, this is just amazing. She says, your blood pressure is uh, much, much, much younger than you really are. She said, this is much like the, much, much like the blood pressure of a young, of a young man. 
Now, I thought she could left off two or three of those much-muches. You know, she didn't have to go that far. <laughs> she, she could just said much younger, and that had been all right. Well, anyway, they moved a man into the room with me. Half this young man went home, and his mother fell and broke her hip, and he went over to help his mother, and uh, he slipped and broke his back in the process. Very low down in his back, and he had a spine fracture, and it was very painful. And uh, he was a wonderful fellow, but he was much, much older. Well, maybe just much older. Anyway, I learned something about Baptists again, this Baptist especially, that about 1 o'clock in the morning when everything is going wrong and you're there in that uh, neither world uh, where pain comes in and sweeps your soul, I figured out that he must have been a sailor because he sort of used sailor language there for a while. You know, <laughs> I learned that. But I relearned something that now I want to share with you. And I know that the words are not within me to save what I see and what I know, and what I know that I know that I know. And I know that John was talking about it, and I know that he saw it, and I know that he realized what it was, and I know that this is the thing that made the difference in his life and made him the person that he was and caused him to write the beautiful things that he was able to write uh, more spiritually than all the other people that knew the Lord Jesus Christ and wrote about him. It is John that has a penetrating insight into the real depths of the meaning and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to say it to you this way, that I believe that the reason you and I falter and we hesitate in life, and we don't maximize the opportunity that you and I have, that we don't live dynamically the way that we ought to. The reason why we don't do it is because, you see, we do not have an adequate sense of the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have a sense of the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I ought to have. The real concept of what he has done for you and for me and what he is doing today for you and me and what he will do in the future for you and for me. Somehow or another in this crazy world in which we live, where we're going in every direction and where so many things of confusion and frustration breaking upon us, that we within our mind have isolated the Lord Jesus Christ. We have regulated and delegated him to a lesser position than he really has. And so we go on our way thinking that we are completely and totally in charge of our situation. Alone. And that's tragic. And that's unfortunate. And this is what I've learned anew. And that there is a light that shines in the darkness. And dear friends, let me say to you, that light shines whether you want to see it or not. Thank God. Thank God. I really don't have to be conscious of the thing for it to be shining. It's unfortunate that I'm not conscious of it. It's unfortunate if I do not see it. But it doesn't depend upon me whether or not it shines. It shines. It was, it is, and always will be. And John is trying to say that all the darkness of the world will not overcome that light. It's going to keep on shining. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I really would be a basket case if I thought it was going out. I'll tell you. I really would. 
It is still shining. It is going to shine. But we, unfortunately, within our own thinking, have isolated ourselves from that tremendous light that speaks of great power. You see, when John was talking about this light, he's talking about creative power. You could almost use them interchangeably here. He's talking about a power. You see, the truth of it is, do you believe, do you really believe that Jesus had something to do with your creation? Or do you think you were just born, that's it? Or is it in the infinite wisdom and mind of God? Just like Peter said, before the foundation of this world was laying, that God had you in mind. Can you believe that God, that Jesus had something to do with your creation? Do you believe that Jesus has something to do with your life right now? Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, that in a sense that you who are committed to him, uh, that in a sense as the scripture says that he holds you in the hollow of his hand? It's important. It's important to you the way that you live and the way that you spend your days here upon the face of this earth. You see, I know, I know what I know that I know. I know that there's two ways, basically, that Jesus deals with us in relation to whatever happens to us within this world, be a broken leg or whatever. And that is that he can change the situation that he has a mind to. And I guess in a sense that's what he did for me, sort of a miraculous type of thing. I am here because he said so. Or he will sustain you in the midst of the situation, just as he told the Apostle Paul in all of his pain and agony. Told Paul he wasn't going to remove the thorn, but he would sustain him. My grace is sufficient. And I testify to that fact this morning, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient. Now, I don't care what situation it is. There is a light that shines in the darkness. Now, the thing that really astounds me more than anything else, and I guess I've read about the light of more than a few times and its implication and tried to study it. But you know, it hit me with a great deal of impact when I discovered again that the scripture says that you are the light of the world. Now you are the light. Jesus came, gave it to us, now you are the light. Now think about that for a moment. To accentuate, let me say it to you this way. Jesus didn't say that I want you to be the light, that I hope you are, that you have the possibility of being. But Jesus said, you are the light. Oh, what a staggering statement. And John points out to us that only God, only Jesus could make a statement like this. Not by the will of man. God did something. God acted. God has made it so. You are the light. You are the light. Not that you might be. Not that you ought to be that you are light. If it's any question about it, the only question is whether or not you are a weak light or a strong light, but you are a light. And I think about those in years gone by that he called the light. It gives me some hope and courage for myself. I think about Peter, the man who talked too much, who claimed too much, 
And who denied that he ever knew the Lord Jesus Christ? And yet Jesus called him a light. I remember that there was another man, a tax collector. He cheated and he lied. And I remember that Jesus called him a light. And the Bible speaks of him as being a light. I remember that there was a lady that spent too much time in the street and she was handled far too many times. And she was judged to die by her peers. And she was a light. You are a light. And I like what Isaiah says, and I'll close with this. Over there in the 58th chapter, you will find that he says that when your light will break forth as the morning sun, when you do these things, when you are kind to the poor, and when you loose the yoke of those who are in bondage, and who is more in bondage than a man that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ? When you loose those bonds that tie them, we have something to share, don't we? And when you share your bread. Now, I like that one. When you share your bread, especially in this day when we think of bread being more than bread, you know. When you share your bread, your light will break forth as the rising of the sun. To close with this young lady by the name of Joni Erickson, I think is the way she pronounces her name. The movie's been made of her life. 17 years of age, she jumped off a diving board and, and snapped her neck, and from her neck down, she's paralyzed. And in one of her statements that she made after she made her way back over that dilemma that people go through to adjust themselves, and she was telling the young man, she gave this testimony. She said, I had rather be in this chair, knowing him, than be on my feet without him. It is the only one. Jesus is the only one that can light these lives up for us today, tomorrow, and tomorrow's tomorrow. And I want to tell you, dear friends, that there is a light that shines in the darkness that can light up the way of every man woman, boy, and girl upon the face of this earth. And it shines whether you know it or not. Oh, to God that each of us would know it. Oh, our Father, help us to believe, help us to see, help us to know, and help us to act because we know that we have a Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 